Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. I'm Parker Shaw, and with the help of my team and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. This is Parker here from Ogden Clinic's marketing team, and I'm joined today by Dr. Schedules, who is one of our ear, nose, and throat specialists for Mountain West ENT. And Dr. Schedules, can you give us a little bit of an introduction for those listeners that have tuned in today that maybe aren't as familiar with you? Sure. So I'm a local. I'm born and raised in Bountiful, Utah. Went to the U of U, then I ended up going to Chicago for med school. And then finally went to Pittsburgh and did residency. So I was away for nine years and back in Davis County now for the last 25 years. We um, nice. joined Ogden Clinic uh, about three years ago now, and it's been a great move. And my partners and I are quite excited to be part of the Ogden Clinic team and, and basically just uh, glad to be back in Bountiful after living back east. So your name is, um, is, is Demetrios, but you go by Tyke. Is there a story behind that? What's the story behind your name? No, so as it turns out, <clears throat> Tyke is a very common nickname and anybody can be called Tyke. And it just comes from little Tyke, right? Okay. And in Greek language, if you add an Ike to the end of anything, then it's the diminutive form. So instead of a, a big cup, you have a little cup. And a okay. Big cups of potiti and a little cups of potidaiki. So that's how you get aiki and that's how you get taiki. That's really cool. I love that. And I love hearing the story behind that. So do you have some Greek um, lineage or descendants or how is that tied to your family? Full blood. Full blood. Wow. I, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, all grandparents came over. Very so. cool. I mean, I've obviously been here my whole life, and my parents have been here their whole life, but all the grandparents came over. That's awesome. Cool. What motivated you to pursue a career as an ear, nose, and throat specialist? How did you make that decision? I've been asked that over time, and, and really what it boils down to is that ENT is a fascinating area where you do a lot of medical diagnostic work, and then you get to do a lot of surgery, so you kind of get the best of, the best of both worlds, and that's really what's... Uh, stoked my interest to pursue it so awesome and do you have a favorite type procedure that you do now that you are you know involved in the field and, and an acting doctor or in surgeon yeah i mean i do the full gambit of ent surgery but i've recently been involved in doing the inspire procedure which ogden clinics got a pretty good track record with so I've been doing a lot of that lately, and that's a very satisfying surgery because you help people that have a pretty severe problem that can't really do anything other than get something like a surgical procedure done to help them. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that people that you know have gotten that really love it, and it's a really big life-changing procedure as well. So that's that's cool. That's one of your favorites. So I guess I should have asked this maybe at the beginning. Can you tell us about where your practice is located for those that aren't as familiar with um, your your practice? Yeah, so I'm mainly in Davis County. We have two offices. There's one in Bountiful and one in Layton. And I spend my time equally between the two. And I operate in both Layton and in Bountiful. So on any given day, I'm usually 
at one place in the morning and one place in the afternoon, and then it'll switch the next day. Nice. That's cool. And it's nice that you're able to kind of cater to some of those people that are a little further south or in Layton. It's nice that you're able to have that wide variety open for, for our future patients and patients alike. Um, so what are some common things that you see from your day to day? I know that you do a little bit of everything, but is there some bread and butter type procedures or patients that you see? Or what's some of the most common things that you see as an ear, nose, and throat specialist? Yeah, so we, um, you know, we deal with the upper respiratory tract, and I definitely do a lot of nasal work. So between nasal obstruction or chronic sinus or allergy, I mean, those are the things that we see as, you know, routinely, I would say, daily, if not, you know, multiple times a day. Uh, so we deal with allergy. We have a full allergy department in both offices. So we do allergy testing. We do the desensitization treatments. Uh, we've got that going on every day. Uh, patients that have uh, those airway issues, you know, we take care of as well. So those would be probably the most common things that we deal with. You know, we also deal with thyroid disorders. We do head and neck tumors and masses and things like that, uh, probably a little less commonly. And then my special niche is with sleep apnea, and I've been doing that for a long time. I actually train residents, uh, the ENT residents at the VA hospital twice a month, primarily in, uh, in sleep apnea management and sleep apnea surgery. That's awesome. I had no idea. That's way cool and so fun that you're involved that way. Thanks for sharing that. So, um, Dr. Schedules, we wanted to talk about small aspects of the ear, nose, and throat specialty today and some common questions, some things that you maybe see that are, you know, just common amongst patients and people, you know, in general. Um, so we'll kind of just break it down that way. So starting with the nose, um, we wanted to ask, is have you ever had to pull any th- anything strange out of a patient's nose or ears? Well, yeah, because people stuff stuff where they shouldn't, right? <laughs> right. So, so it's real obvious in the nose because if you put something in there, it won't take more than a day or two before it starts to stink and you'll get nasty discharge. We mainly see that in kids. Um, I did one cool case once where a guy got shot with a BB gun and it ended up oh. in his sinus. And they wanted to do an MRI, but they couldn't do it because they were afraid that the the BB was going to spin and you know end up in his eyeball or in his brain or something. So, yeah. so I had to take that out, which is kind of cool because I got to clink it into a basin, you know, once I pulled it out. <laughs> right. Outside of that, usually we're just taking out you know stuff that kids stuff into their noses or ears and you name it. If you can put it in that hole, it's there, and we've taken them out. So. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. I just, even just looking at my own family and extended family, that's been a a common theme amongst, you know, some of the younger kids. Um, I just was remembering that last Christmas, you know, my cousin's daughter, they thought she was really sick because she was really stuffed up and they took her to a doctor and found out that she had like a pebble up her nose and it had been up there for a couple days. But the craziest was um, my other cousin um, had two of those really small powerful magnets that he put up his nose that got connected and that's another story for another day but i'm sure something that you'd be able to help for sure um okay so another question that we got when doing a small poll was what is the cause of bloody noses so bloody noses there's several causes there is a a genetic predisposition so some people just have superficial vessels in their nose and they tend to run a little bit of a drier nose than others, and their noses will crack and bleed. So that's one reason. 
Some people are on blood thinners, and we see that a lot where they have to take medication because they have a heart valve or they've had, you know, a pulmonary embolism or clots or whatever. And so they're more susceptible to bleeding for that reason. Some people have hypertension. So if their blood pressure goes through the roof, then the little vessels crack and bleed in their nose. So those are probably the most common reasons that we have to deal with bloody noses. But they're, uh, they're a nuisance for sure. And then they can be real dangerous for some people. Yeah, definitely. And a follow-up question to that, does weather or a dry climate contribute to people getting bloody noses? Yes. So if you have a dry nose and chronic bloody noses, you're better off moving from Utah. <laughs> that would make sense. It's, Go, to the Go to an right. island. Find humidity. You'll be happier. <laughs> Sounds like a good reason to move, move to an island. <laughs> awesome. So moving on from that, um, we'll kind of move on to the throat. So we had some questions come in about the function of tonsils. And one question was just really general. Someone asked, why do we have them? And what is the function of, tons of tonsils? Yeah, so tonsils do have a function. They're not just some kind of weird vestigial organ. Uh, right. When you're born with tonsils, they do have an immunologic function. And so the babies, you know, they're serving a purpose there with your immune system. But as you get older, the tonsils, for the most part, recede. Uh, we see a lot of older adults, and we look in their mouth, and we said, oh, it looks like you had your tonsils out. And they say, oh, no, they're still there, but you just can't see them because they've really shrunk down. So for the most part, you know, once you're beyond, you know, the infant stage, the tonsils don't really have much function anymore and uh, they can become chronically infected and they can harbor bacteria and then they can cause all kinds of grief you know they get those nasty little tonsil stones in them and your breath smells so those are all things that happen over time with tonsils and may necessitate taking them out but they do have a function but it's really early on in life and then beyond that there's nothing right well and is it more common for tonsils to be removed in people that are younger or does that even does it even well, matter? It's, it's it's either for infection or for obstruction. So they have to have a certain number of infections to justify considering it, and it's a lot of infection. So if you're the parent of one of those kids, you're really up to here with infections, and you want something done because they're sick all the time, they're missing school, and then there are the other kids that just have obstruction and they can't breathe at night, they snore, they have apnea, you know, they start to have some daytime performance issues. So those are the main two reasons that a younger person would have them out. And sometimes they have both, you know, infection and obstruction. So. Awesome. Cool. All right. So moving on, we'll move on from the throat to the ear. Um, what are the cause of earaches and are they preventable in any way? Yeah. So that's a, that's a tricky question because, you know, you get calls with people that say their ears hurt. And unless you can look in there, you have no clue. I mean, there's a million things that make your ears hurt, right? Some people can have like a swimmer's ear and you'll have horrible pain. Some people think they have an ear problem and it's actually their jaw joint. So they get, you know, arthritis, get TMJ and they have horrible ear pain. You can have ear infections behind the eardrum. You can have ear infections in the ear canal. You can get, you know, rarely maybe some kind of a growth or something that would affect the ear. So, you know, earaches are common and depending on what they are, are they preventable? Maybe, you know, are they treatable? Yes, typically. But again, without looking, who knows, right? 
Yeah, so it sounds like there's a lot of reasons to come in and see if your ears are hurting and come get checked, right? Um, love that. Okay, um, this is one that I think I might already know the answer to, but I wanted to get um, your professional opinion on this. Um, someone asked, is it bad to clean your ears with Q-tips? And then I'll kind of do a part B question, uh, follow up with that. Sorry, no, you're part B. <laughs> so, yeah, you do. <laughs> the, answer, the answer is no, you don't clean your ears with, with Q-tips because all you do is push stuff down your ear canal and then you have to come see me and, and, and we fight <laughs> trying to get the, your ears clean. So Q-tips are great for hobbies. They're great to clean the outside part of your ear, but do not shove them down your ear canal. It, all it does is push. There's no way that that is going to pull stuff out. And then the follow-up to that is going to be, well, what about these crazy ear candles? <laughs> right. So, so the great story there is when my daughter was like in sixth grade, she did a science fair project, and we got an ear candle. And I had my MA, my medical assistant, as our test patient. So we lit the ear candle, we put it in her ear, and we'd already looked at her ear beforehand, so we knew there was nothing in there. So we let the thing sit there and burn, and it was smoking. Then you pull it out, and you look at the end, and you say, oh, look at all that wax that came out. And we already knew there was nothing in there, right? And so then we look back at her ear canal, and it's full of all the smoke. And it just coated her eardrum, and she saw this crazy smoke. No way. This is kind of wild. I mean, first of all, it didn't do anything. Secondly, it blew smoke in there. And finally, you got this huge flame next to your head. <laughs> so why would you do it, right? So anyway, that was her science fair experiment, and uh, she didn't win with it, but you know she got some kind of honorable mention. Uh, so it's just a sham. It does yeah. not. Interesting. Yeah, I've. I think it's it's definitely one of those um, trendy type. Um, I call them trendy trap, trendy trap type phenomenons that people you know are posting on social media and YouTube and have caught on but yeah I've always wondered I'm like does it do anything so it sounds like um, what would you say then is the best way to keep your ears clean well first of all you don't have to clean them because most ears self-clean so if you let the wax come out so if you see wax coming out that's not a problem that's actually a good thing because it's coming out right right uh, occasionally though people have you know excessive wax buildup and those are the ones we have to see periodically I mean there's kits over the counter you can rinse them there's wax melting agents all that's helpful um, but for the most part you don't have to clean yours because they'll self-clean and if you happen to be one of those people with a wax problem then there's a lot of other remedies that you can try awesome well that's great and I feel like that's maybe I don't know, maybe lesser known knowledge, because I think people maybe just have the tendency to to do that, you know, just a quick clean after they get out of the shower or, or what, what have you. Um, so it's great to kind of get um, your perspective on that. And thank you so much for adding that. So those are kind of, you know, a, it was a very random jumble of questions, but I love that, you know, that's something, you know, you, you're a specialist in, in all those areas. And so thank you for answering them so tactfully and um, adding your own spin and, and stories. I, I love what you shared today. Um, is there anything that you'd want to share with our listeners or viewers today, Dr. Schedros, before we wrap things up? No, I mean, you know, ENT's kind of a cron or a common situation for most people. And, you know, you go to an ER, probably half the visits are ENT related. So, no, your ENT specialists are nice people. They're available. 
uh, we take care of a lot of things, you know, from infancy to old age. And, uh, you know, we're always happy to see new patients. Perfect. Well, thank you for summing it up that way. And once again, we're grateful for having you on. And for those of you that have tuned in today, this has been Dr. Skedros, um, one of our ear, nose, and throat specialists at our Ogden Clinic Mountain West ENT locations in Layton and Bountiful. You can find more information about Dr. Skedros and the other providers that we have at those locations or other ENT specialists um, at OgdenClinic.com. Thanks for tuning in and listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers, or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app, make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.